So may the Lord use this to draw and encourage you into your priesthood, which is your destiny. And one of the things we do as a priest is we pray, and we pray the Lord's Prayer. And you can say it. Here he goes again. I believe the Holy Spirit in these last days is restoring the prayer of prayers to the forefront of the global prayer movement and the global church. I believe he's going to do it with zeal. I believe he's going to do it with a calibration and a coordination that's going to bring us together. And we're going to pray this prayer in presence. We've been practicing on these nights, but we're just practicing for what we hope will become an intimate experience for you individually and corporately. I think Wichita is supposed to carry this in a unique way. I think we're supposed to have a furnace of intercessional inspiration burning in the city, and we're asking the Lord prophetically what that means. I believe he's going to confirm this on earth and from heaven. I don't even know what that means, but I know the Spirit's telling me, pray this and pray it for yourself and for your team, that it would be confirmed on earth and from heaven. I think angels have interest in what we do here in Wichita, particularly around the restoration of the Lord's Prayer, the prayer of prayers in an anointed way as it's restored in all the earth and leads to heaven fully coming to planet earth. The priest will mitigate, will be the intercessors that will bring the reality of heaven on earth. It's us. The Bible is very clear. He's not going to do this by himself. He's not. He's determined that you and I do this with him. And he's told us how to do it. I think he likes the prophetic movement and the organic stuff, but I think the organic prophetic movement scared to death of having the anchor of words that we pray from and in. And I just want to say this. I promise you if the words came out of the mouth of Jesus, they're anointed. For how long? Forever. Because he's forever. And so it's worth your time, and I'm not going to do it again, for you to engage your heart into the Lord's Prayer. Please listen to what I did last week. If you get time again or weren't here... Because I talked about these things being the things that are in the heart of Jesus, the things that get his heart beating in a deep way. Love all the pieces of the Lord's Prayer. It's more than petitions. It's the heart cry of the Son of God, and it's the plan for changing the planet. I'm telling you, in Revelations 8, which is the headwaters of all the trumpets, judgments, and the bowls of wrath that are going to change planet Earth, it's, it's dramatic, the book of Revelation. But the whole thing starts with an angel dipping his censer and getting incense, which is the prayer of the saints, and some other materials, and hurling them to the earth. What's going to change planet earth is yours and I's prayers that are storing up in heaven. And Jesus knew what flavor and what kind of prayers those ought to be. And so he commissioned a prayer to us. I love the Lord's Prayer. I've been working it for 30 years. Apostolically, I believe it's one of my primary calls on planet earth, is this great restoration at the end of the age. I'm not the only one. I'm telling you, God's going to raise up thousands, maybe millions to restore this. Conferences are going to come up. James sent me a deal. I sent it to our team. John Piper, David Platt, and some of those guys you may know are doing a conference in December. The whole theme is, guess what it is? The Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer. You're going to see it all over the place. I'm telling you, stream after stream is going to be quickened in this thing and they're going to scrape the liturgy and the tradition off of it, and they're going to, it's going to come alive again in people's lives. I'm so excited about it. But I'm supposed to give a little bit of time every week for a while to helping you possess this prayer. As a priest in your inheritance, he's giving you direction on how to interact with him. 
So pray the prayer. Lean into it. Ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom. Tonight, though, I want to help you with what is the most complicated part of the prayer for me. I've been working this out. I prayed this thing not just thousands, tens of thousands of times I prayed this prayer. This is the most, com- the most confrontive part for me is forgive me of my sins as I forgive others. That part gets me every time. Because I can't get through the prayer without working through forgiveness of people that have been mean to me. I'd really wish Jesus would have left that part out in the flesh. But it takes me deep. It gets me praying. It gets me more. I love it. That's the most confrontive to my character. But the most challenging to me theologically is the lead us not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. Why is that, everybody? Well, I want to talk a little bit about that because this is huge. Deliverance from turning tests into temptations. This piece of the prayer, I think, is about this. Deliverance from turning tests into temptations. As I said, one of the most challenging parts of the Lord's Prayer is the phrase, lead us not into temptation. Why is it for me? Because I'm a Bible guy. And as a Bible guy, I know James 1.13. And James 1.13 says this, let no one say when they're tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. So why would Jesus teach me? I've struggled getting that piece of the prayer. Why would he tell me to pray this deal? If he doesn't ever tempt, why am I saying, Lord, don't lead me into temptation? Well, I prayed this for years, and at this point in the prayer, I pray for deliverance from sin and Satan. It's a powerful moment. Deliver me from temptation, deliver me from the evil one. I love it. I'm praying because those two things are trying to eat my lunch every day and ruin my faith and ruin my life. So I'll hit it at the headwaters, God breaks sin, God breaks Satan, put the armor on me again, here I go to war. Some days it works better than others. But when you get up underneath the words here, there may be a bit more spiritual insight for us to pray, and this is my whole point tonight. The word for temptation is this word, pyrosmos. doesn't matter to you that you know a Greek word, but I just want to show you. Look, there's a Greek word. Pyrosmos is the word right there for temptation. This word is a packed word. This word can be translated either temptation or test. Almost all your translations put temptation. It has both meanings, really, within culture. In fact, Daryl Johnson, who wrote the book 57 Words That Changed the World, love this book, thin book, you ought to get it. He says, Pyrosmos is a difficult or challenging situation in life, which can either be a test, proving a person's character, or it can be a temptation, enticing a person into a way to sin. New Testament scholar William Barclay stated, Pyrosmos is regularly used of the divine placing of a man, woman, in a situation which is a test, a situation in which he may fall, but in which he's not meant to fall, a situation in which he may come to his run, but he doesn't, it's not meant to be his run. In fact, he's meant to emerge spiritually strengthened and enriched. That's what that word, this biblical scholar, means. The placement of you and I in a testing situation, listen, because you're all in them. I call them your little kingdom classes, the seminary of life. You're all in your trial. You're all in your rejection, your pain, your kickback from the enemy. It's pressing in on you, and you're doing something with that. You're either receiving it from the hand of the Father and moving deeper in your faith, or you're coming into the narrative of Satan who wants to shift the narrative and for you to have a temptation there. 
This word is also used for the process of refining gold and what a goldsmith does when they take the gold and they burn it up really big and they get it more pure. So this is what Peter's thinking in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. In this you rejoice now, in this you rejoice. I don't know how many people do this. Though now for a little while, and necessarily you've been grieved by various pyrosmos, by trials, that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perish though tested by fire, may be found. Here's what God wants to do with our faith. He wants you and I found with a faith that results in the praise, the glory, and the honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. He's not trying to get you just a faith so you can believe and get a little bit of food, get a little bit of money so you can retire and get through a few... He's trying to get you something that he hands to his son. He wants the bride to be filled with a faith that results in the exaltation of his praise, his glory, and his honor. And so, here come the trials. Watch. It's important to notice the but in the prayer, though. The, part, the Lord's Prayer is not just lead us not temptation. It's lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And why that's important is because the temptation part is connected to the evil one part. In a nutshell, here's what I'm saying. Please hear this as my own point. The evil one is always trying to turn God-ordained test into sin-inviting temptation. This is what the devil's doing. It's almost, it's a majority of his job in your life. The more He has no original thought in his head, I believe. The devil doesn't have one original thought. All he's trying to do is twist your thinking about the original thoughts of God. Sin itself is just a counterfeit means of me fulfilling what God's already put in me as a desire, okay? And so the enemy's always counterfeiting, 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 trying to change the narrative. So this is the case at the headwaters of human history. Think about it. God puts Adam and Eve, they're naked and happy and sinless, it's all wonderful, and God puts a couple trees at the middle of the garden. What are they? The tree of life? Yay, eternal life. And then what's the other one, everybody? <laughs> I'm going to put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So then he comes to him and says, I want you guys to belly up to every peach tree, apple tree, eat, eat, eat. The first command to Adam and Eve is a, is a command of freedom. Eat it. And then get up against that tree of life, eat it, and live forever with me. That's what I want. But that one called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you need to stay away from it. Because if you eat it, you will, what's he say? Die. They had never seen death before, ever. They had to take that command and that test from the Father and walk by faith. Some people say, Adam and Eve weren't walking by faith. Yes, they were. They had to take God's word and he tested them on a regular basis every day at the middle when they bump up. I don't know, what's the proximity? Are they a yard apart? Are they 10 feet apart? There's the tree of life, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You like the peach tree, you like the apple tree, but you get up to the tree of life. There had to be a shoot of juice when you ate of the tree of life, don't you think? I mean, wouldn't everybody think that'd be good to eat of the tree of life? Woo! Ah, life, eternal, shoots through me. And every time I do it, I see it right there. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And it's a test. It's a test for God to grow their faith. Choose me and dependence on me, reject independence from me. 
The devil shows up with not an original thought in his head and begins to talk about that tree. Hey, did God say? Did God say you could eat it? Yes. He said we could eat any tree except that, that, that one in the middle. Now, by the way, there were two in the middle. Eve's already messed up. She said the one in the middle. Because that's what happens with us is when the temptation comes, we start thinking about the negative and meditating it. She didn't say, I get to eat all the trees and that one, that, there's two in the middle. The one in the middle I'm focused on is the tree of life. I'm just locked in on it. I love it. I love savoring it, taking it into my inner man. I feel the God life just hit. It's awesome. She didn't say that. She said, there is one in the, the one that's on my mind, the one I know you're tempting me to, is this negative one. Oh, how we, neg- we meditate the negative. He shifted the narrative and said a lie. God, God's holding back from you. He's not being good. That thing you've never experienced that he put in full view in front of you, it's the thing that's going to make you like God. Does everybody remember that's what he said? He didn't say you'll be God. He said it'll make you like God. Why would that appeal to Adam and Eve, everybody? Tell me. Because they were made in the image of God. What's the craving in their heart? To be like God. The devil takes a craving that's real, like your sexuality, like your desire to rule and reign, which God put in you, and he shifts the narrative and says, fulfill that thing outside of marriage. Fulfill that thing outside of my parameter of my call. Just start being greedy. Get as much money as you can. Start ruining. Does everybody see what I'm doing? He didn't have an original thought. The enemy's just twisting the natural stuff that God puts in us. And so, I promise you, it's good to pray, God protect me from sin and from Satan. But I think there's some other ways to pray this prayer, and Dr. Johnson offers this way, we're going to put it up here, of praying the prayer. Father, as you lead us into the test, do not let the test become a temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Adam and Eve, it's the test, right? And then it became the temptation, It was a test. They were supposed to grow, grow, grow. I think seeing the tree of the knowledge of good and evil should make them want to belly up to the tree of life more. It should build their faith. Their faith would grow eternally, trusting God in something they'd never tasted. But the devil comes and takes a test, and he shifts it to a temptation. You with me? And then the ballgame's changed. This is happening to every one of you. Every one of you have got something you're not supposed to touch right in the center of your life. (laughs) Culture, home, neighborhood. I don't know what it is. God is allowing you to be in some crazy test with your life. Anyone in here that's had trials, say, oh my. If anybody didn't say it, seriously, I want to talk to you. You got multiple And your loving father, who's not the source of the evil, the person that said something, they stole something, they broke something, the sickness came. I'm not, I'm not, I'm a Bible guy. And it ain't as it is in heaven in some of those things. But I'm telling you, because I've read the book of Job, and I've read a ton of other Bible verses, nothing's going to come near you that your father doesn't give permission to come near you. You can do what you want with that. But the devil has to ask for permission. And there's about a billion things he doesn't let come at you. 
I think he says, no, 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 no to the devil. All right, let that one through. It's what he did with Peter. You know, you know, Peter, I love you. And do you remember this? Devil's come to me. We had a conversation in one of my prayer meetings. And he said, he wants to, he wants, remember what he said? What he say? Tell me. He wants to sit to you. He wants to sit. He said, let me have Peter. He's your chief guy. Just give him to me, Jesus. Let me get at him for a little bit. Right? That's what happened. Jesus said, I talked to the devil, <laughs> and he wants to come after you. He wants to eat you for lunch. And you know what I said, what Jesus says? What's Jesus say? I want you to know I've prayed for you. Now I'd be going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, finish that other story. What did you say to him? Did you say you said no, right? No. The answer is, what do they call that? It's a whatever question. Yeah. It's already there's an answer. I prayed for you. I've given you my answer. I prayed for you. I Meaning I didn't stop him. He's coming. He's coming. And I prayed for your comfort. No? Does anybody remember what it says? And I prayed for you to not have any trouble. No. I prayed for your faith. I prayed that your faith would not fail. Because listen, what the devil means for your evil means to destroy you. I'm about to make you stronger. And when you get up off the mat, which is what he says, once you've fallen away, when you return, encourage the brothers. Because I got a little something, there's a little something in you. You said, everybody else will leave you, but I'll never leave you. And Jesus goes, no, 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 listen, there's gonna, the, the rooster's going to, at the third crow, you're going to des- desert me. Remember that? He, he, Peter just didn't know his own heart. He was arrogant about his own diligence. He's like, I, I, I love you enough I'm going to, listen to everybody, you need to hear this. I love you enough, I'm going to let the enemy at you a little while, let circumstances try you for a while to shake the pride out of you, to get you to a place where when restoration comes, you'll be useful to me for my glory. Everybody okay? The Father God will allow trials and tribulations to come, and he's doing it for this. Listen. This is all about the quality of our faith. I guess I didn't put this below that. Michelle, keep going. We need protection from sin and sin. But, the, but oh, how we need protection. Watch. From the narrative-changing lies of the enemy that afflicts our thinking, listen, as he attempts, the devil, to turn our test into temptations that lead to our questioning the goodness of God as well as embracing fear and despair in all his dealings. That's what the devil's doing. (laughs) This is about the quality of your faith. God wants your faith to get real pure. It'll be most glorifying for him, most enjoyable for you, and most a blessing to everybody around you when your faith is purified. So the Lord wants to purify and build our faith through providential testings, Satan wants to destroy our faith through deceptive temptations. Now, I think that's a powder keg unload from the king of kings to us. Yes, protect me from sin. Yes, keep me from the evil one. But there's more in that sentence. And it's this, and I'm praying it. Especially during a pandemic and an election madness and a couple trials in my house, I'm asking, Father God who I love, 
Thank you for your wisdom in allowing these trials to come near me right now. And would you protect me and deliver me from a lying devil who's trying to get me to think different about what you're doing? You want me to prosper in faith. The devil wants me to fail in faith. Come deliver me in Jesus' name. Are we okay? This is a big deal. Because everyone's having a narrative test in your lives. You're having, it's coming at you. Nobody's getting out of this. Jesus promised you will have trouble in this world. But be of good cheer, I've overcome it. Anybody preaching a gospel or a message to you that's any book or sermon that's telling you you can get enough faith or do enough Bible verse quoting to keep trouble from your life, please burn them quickly. It's a lie. It's a lie. The most spiritual people in the New Testament all were murdered for their faith. Either God's not faithful or he's got a bigger narrative. Martyrs will reign with him forever. He let the trouble come to Paul. He let Paul be. Do you think he just loves it when 50 lashes are put across his back? God loves him. He hates his pain, but he wants him purified. There's something bigger, I'll be done, but there's something bigger than getting the pain off of you, Americans. There's something bigger. It's getting your faith purified. And I'm not a preacher of, oh, trouble, come, hit me again. I want out of every trouble I ever get. And I want to pray, Lord, like it is in heaven. But I'm telling you what, I don't want to miss the wisdom of God and how he deals with my soul and come into agreement with a devil and sing a duet of God's not good, he's gonna fail because I've lost the glory of what my father's doing through a trial and through a surgery. Does that make sense? So Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you give wisdom into us. God, we're so tired of the narrative-changing liar, the devil, who tells us that our troubles are because you're asleep, you don't care, or you don't even exist. God, I pray you break that lie off of us. Lead us not a temptation. Let the testing that you've designed not be turned into a temptation by an evil one. God, I pray for everybody's faith in this room to grow from the depth of what you're doing. But Lord, deliver us. We've, we've listened too much. We've agreed too much. And so I pray, unlike Eve, that we would put an end to the conversation with the lying serpent who keeps telling us our life is a waste and God cannot redeem what's happening. Lead us not temptation, but deliver us from the evil. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to do this a little bit, Matt, and then give me, give me a minute. I want Facebook Live to join us on this. The only way, as we end, that you will make it through the tribulation of this moment, these moments, and the ones that are coming, is if you have, I believe, worked and grown in and matured an inner dialogue with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, it's for your good I go away so that I can send him. 
And in John 14, 15, and 16, please read them. There are five main sections about the Holy Spirit. We'll call him the helper. He's going to remind you of things. He's going to teach you. He's going to tell you what's coming. But I'm telling you, Jesus' plan for you to endure and bring glory to him is you having an inner dialogue with the Holy Spirit. I'm asking on Facebook Live, I'm asking everybody in this room and those that will listen to this later this week, how you doing there? We've been in some trials, I said this before, pardon me, in October, challenging month for us, and the Holy Spirit kept saying one main thing to me, keep talking to me. Listen, it's like he would grab my chin, my little ADD Sam, I'm doing the, how can I fix that one, and how can I get out of this one, and I want to grumble for a little bit, and I, and the Spirit would keep, like, grab me and go, listen, look at me, keep talking to me, keep talking to me and let me say phrases. Let me whisper them in your inner man and when you say yes to what I say, faith's gonna come and endurance to go through what you're going through. All God's sheep can hear his voice. It's your inheritance as a priest to hear Yahweh. And he's not on a far off mountain, he's in your inner man, okay? And so I hope those watching, those listening, those here now, I'm pleading for you to practice inner dialogue with the Holy Spirit. Not just getting magical words about somebody else, and, and I mean that, I'm being, we like that, but what's he saying to you? What's he saying to you about your situation? He has an opinion about what you're going through. If you express your heart, he wants to whisper back to you revelation about that. So, Facebook Live, we love you. We're gonna sign off right now because it gets a little awkward in this room to do what we're doing. God bless you.